Well, hello, hello. Welcome back to an all-new episode of 512FM. I am your host, Clarissa Nicole, and we're going to talk about cancel culture because that is something that really needs to be talked about. We need to address it. What is it? All that other great, fun stuff. Um, first, though, how are you? How are you doing? Um, not going to lie to you. I'm kind of going a little nuts, a little crazy, because we're still under quarantine and our cases keep rising and there's nothing anyone's going to do about it until I don't know when. So that's fine. Not really. Um, I also think it really has like gotten to my moods this week too. So I've been doing this thing. If you're watching the video, this is the first time I have on some kind of makeup, uh, it's the first time that I have my nails done, but let me reiterate that I'm using press-ons. I did not go to a salon because, girl, we are in the middle of a pandemic. Um, <laughs> you know, I want makeup. I feel like a, I feel like a new person. You know, just getting a little glammed up, and yeah, it's exciting. Anyway. If you see me looking down, by the way, and you're watching the video, it's because my cute little Bundy McBunderson is right next to me and I'm making sure he's not chewing paint Ugh, off the filter. It's it's a rabbit thing. They're so great to have as pets. They really are. Um, but sometimes they, they like to chew things. So you're, you're trying to get that together. Anyway, let's hop to it. Usually I start off with some kind of news of like brands and like pop culture and everything and how it all comes together. Um, oh, oh, I will say that there's this thing that reality TV networks are going to start paying people or giving bonuses for people who aren't racist. Like what? Like, you just can't be a decent person. Like, you have to be bribed with money. And if that's the case, like, fine, I guess. But why? You know? It's, it's weird. It's something I saw briefly, so I can't really give a source for it. But keep kind of your eyes out for that. I'm sure it's not going to pass. I think people are just going to be like, what the hell? That's dumb. No, just treat people with respect and don't be a jerk. It's not that hard. I also, also, who's been watching Hamilton? Because I have. And <laughs> we are a society where if something great comes along, you know, just to ease our troubles off of literally living, that we have to criticize it too. You have the right to like and not like a show or, or piece of art. That's fine. It's, it's no big deal. I have friends that are huge Taylor Swift fans. I tend to be on the side of like, she's not my cup of tea, but I don't hate her. You know, just want to clarify that I don't hate her. Actually really kind of like her now as a person, I think. So that's, that's brand new. Anyway, all that to say is I can see the criticism in that it's weird having a play where we are quote unquote worshiping or uplifting these founding fathers who were once slave owners and we're in this kind of thing now of society where we're actually having to face like we are being forced to face with the past of america and i get that but first of all the play's been out for about four or five years so where were where were these comments then 
Second of all, I think while that criticism specifically is valid, I think one, Hamilton is not supposed to be something we take as historical fact, right? Like I've always said that if I was going to be a history teacher, that I would play Hamilton because there are some parts of it that did happen in history. Like how Aaron Burr sings uh, the room where it happened. And there's really, nobody really knows how it happened or the letter that Washington wanted Hamilton to write uh, when it came to him leaving office and, and stepping down as president. Like those things happened. But I mean, it's not history. Like we know that George Washington wasn't black. Yes, it is kind of weird to like George Washington and Hamilton when the real George Washington owned slaves and his dentures were made from slaves' teeth. Like we know that. But going into it, for me anyway, I just, I really liked the how it was different than other musicals because I myself am not a huge Broadway musical fan. I don't hate it. I don't love it. There are some that I like ride or die for, like West Side Story, but there are others, you know, that people love and I'm kind of like, okay, that's cool. Like, I mean, I love The Lion King, so that's another one, but I'm like, that's cool that you love it and you enjoy it, but it's just not my cup of tea. Like, I've never seen Newsies and I know there are people who are going to freak out about that. Um, I've never seen Oklahoma, like just certain things like that. So even when I was watching Tyler Perry plays, I know not Broadway, just roll with me on this. Even with some of Tyler Perry's plays, I was like, this is too much singing. <laughs> like, this is a lot. <laughs> and I don't understand why this dialogue about wanting Pop-Tarts just turned into a 10-minute song. But I am, you know, but again, if you like it, you like it. If you enjoy it, you enjoy it. My thing about art is if it's not hurting someone um, or causing a huge negative impact on their life, like, let people enjoy it. And there are these criticisms, everything from like the song suck, which I don't agree at all to it's weird to glamorize slave owners. And I'm like, don't I, for me, I don't look at it as that. I don't really see it as glamorizing slave owners. Um, the, there are things that happened. And I think David who plays Thomas Jefferson and um, oh my gosh, Lafayette and Hamilton said it, said it really well that Thomas Jefferson wrote some really good stuff. He wrote some really great documents, um, was a, a talented writer, what have you. And I'm paraphrasing, by the way, but he sucked <laughs> as a person. And the great thing that I love about this is that the cast is allowed and I say that because there are some people who under contract, you have to say only positive things. But I love that the cast members see the complexity in these people and them portraying the characters as they are people of color themselves. So like even Chris Jackson talks about portraying Washington and him being a slave owner and stuff. So, but you can't take away the talent that is Hamilton. I think that's why it works. It works because these people are so talented. It works because it's such beautiful singing and the choreography is amazing. And it's one of the few major plays on Broadway that actually have people of color as the lead. And again, I know it's weird. I mean, yes, you have the color purple, but like and there are a few others that I can't even name off the top of my head, but that's the, that's the thing, right? 
you don't have an entire cast of people. There's highs and there's lows with this cast of color that a lot of times aren't in other plays with, with people of color, especially black people. So that lead. And either in and on top of that, it's helping people, especially young people, love music, love the arts, and also learn a little bit, right? I don't think anybody needs to know for their AP test what the Reynolds pamphlet is, but it may be. I haven't taken the AP test in so very long, but you know, there are things in there that help with learning and it's easier for people to process just because we're in a different time of how people learn. Um, but I don't care if you don't like it at the end of the day, it is what it is, but I, I just have a little bit of an issue of people hating something that people are enjoying during a time of which basically the world is falling apart. And I and and maybe that's because I'm not the person that hates it. That's why I don't really understand the criticism. So maybe that's just my point of view. And that's fine. If you're listening to this and you're like, no, girl, Hamilton sucks. That's on you. It's fine. We're, we can agree to disagree on that. Um, it's much like you probably hate hummus. And I don't understand that. But hey, it's fine. We can agree to disagree on the hummus too. Um, <laughs> but, you know, all that to say is just let people enjoy stuff. You don't actually have to give your long-winded opinion about something you don't care for especially now if it's not hurting anyone we're not talking about like I said we're not talking literal actual politics of today we're talking about a piece of art that fine you don't like but you don't have to talk about how you don't like it every day we don't need your think pieces who cares just watch something else um Again, my opinion, <laughs> I don't know if it matters or not, but that's just kind of my take on all of it. So anyway, yes, Hamilton is on Disney Plus. If you have Disney Plus, I recommend watching it and recommend you just looking at it as entertainment. If anything else, look at the ta- listen to the talent, look at the talent that is the entire cast, everyone from the ensembles to... Uh, Renee Goldsberry and, and Jasmine Cephas Jones and Philip Asu, like all of them are so very talented and needed in the show or it would fall apart. And then talking about in terms of like how their characters are uh, and how they're intertwined. So anyway, um, watch it on Disney Plus if you have it and enjoy it for the entertainment value that it is, if anything else. So that's all I kind of have in like news, <laughs> quote unquote. So let's just hop right down about cancel culture. This topic kind of came to mind because I keep mentioning this because of Vanderpump Rules. And the thing with Kristen and Stassi specifically being fired is because they did call a cop on a black person who just, you know, happened to hurt their friend because whatever she was the third person in the relationship or whatever and while again to reiterate that it probably was not done with a a conscious bias where they were like oh faith is black oh we're gonna have her arrested there's still an unconscious bias so there's still kind of that unconscious 
you know, racism that happens, right? And so Kristen posted this video about how she doesn't like cancel culture, which we'll get into again in a second. And because it doesn't give the people opportunity to learn. And I'm like, girl, like you're trying to get out of your responsibility of what of what you've done. And that ain't it. <laughs> you know, it's just that is not it. That's not how you get up get out of taking responsibility for your actions. So anyway, that was something that came about and I want to get deep into it more. We're going to talk about J.K. Rowling. We're going to talk about uh, the YouTube beauty wars that's happening. Mind you, I'm not a beauty guru by the least. I, whatever. But it was actually, actually very interesting to just kind of be on the sidelines and watching it. So anyway, let's go to the beginning. What is cancel culture? Because honestly, nowadays, everybody's getting canceled at the drop of a hat. So cancel culture refers to withdrawing support from someone. So this usually happens when like a group of fans find out that someone like either their fave or like someone that is a opponent of their fave. I kind of think of like if NSYNC fans found out that Backstreet Boys, that Backstreet Boys did something problematic, right? Um, so usually it's kind of when a group of people come together and they find that somebody did something, usually in their past, granted now it's more in their present, and they say, you know what, this person's canceled. And canceled just just kind of means like, we're done supporting you, right? We're done buying your records or streaming your records or buying merchandise or following you on Instagram. It usually kind of results in like a mass unfollowing on like Instagram and YouTube and Twitter and I guess Facebook as well. Uh, according to Merriam-Webster, cancel culture originated uh, within recent years due to discussions about the Me Too movement and other important movements in society that made people have to take accountability for their for their actions, especially with public figures. Uh, this term it was created by the black users of Twitter, also known as black Twitter, and uh, where it was kind of used as a hashtag. But before that, it was also used in an episode of Love and Hip Hop, which I'm where one of the cast members or former cast members, Erica Mena is in an argument and she yells that somebody is canceled. <laughs> so I loved her love and hip hop back in the day. I watched when Cardi B first came on there and then like after she left, it just wasn't the same. So um, anyway, so according to an article in Vox published in 2019, people were really split on the face, on the face of the phrase of, of canceled because it didn't, they didn't know if it was really gonna catch on in the beginning or not. So there is definitely, so I'm like, uh, that sounds stupid. And they're like, oh, that's, I'm going to start using that now. As we all know, it's caught on. So we won. I don't know. I didn't really have a dog. <laughs> I didn't really have a bone in that fight. Traveling information that comes to light regarding celebrities of like who were once popular, again, really ignites the cancel culture. So we've seen it with like Bill Cosby, Michael Jackson, uh, Roseanne Barr, R. Kelly, Louis C.K., and it's just like a list has gone on. So what can get you canceled? 
I think literally anything. <laughs> I think it depends on the severity of the situation of how in-depth the, the cancellation is. But if you were to say that you... Okay, if I were to say I don't like Friends because I don't, <laughs> if I'm like, I don't like Friends, I think it's a terrible show. It's a whitewashed version of Living Single, which is true. There might be people who say, you know what, she's canceled. You don't like Friends? Canceled. It doesn't do anything. It's not going to hurt my career. It's not going to lessen my chances of getting a new job. It's not going to do anything so impactful to my life. It just means that, like, you're done. You're over it. It, it really doesn't hold a lot of weight 90% of the time. Um, we can even talk about like, hey, you don't like you don't like hummus. And I can be like, you're canceled. And I've done that before as a joke. So <laughs> I didn't really cancel the person. We hung out, we kikied, it was fine. But just saying literally anything can get you canceled. But then there are serious things that can get you canceled as well. Being racist sometimes can get you canceled seems as if though if you're a white woman and you do something racist you get canceled faster than if you were a white man doing something racist and i'm only thinking about how stassi and Kristen on vanderpump rules got fired but Jax taylor is still on the show and he's the worst but never mind that's neither here nor there um doing something life-altering to another person and then being found out and i say that kind of as a group of things but oh darn trigger warning this episode is going to talk and have mentions of sexual abuse and rape and some other kind of deep heavy stuff so by all means i'll try to put timestamps in this but by all means like you can not listen to the episode you can skip certain parts but i think it's sprinkled throughout the show to be honest so if that's triggering then I'm so sorry. Um, and please don't listen to the episode. It's not worth being triggered over. Um, anyway, so being misogynistic in a way that is detrimental to someone's career can also get you canceled. And like, like I said, being homophobic, being transphobic. Um, sorry, see, again, I have a rabbit. I have to look to make sure that he doesn't do a thing. Being whether you're inadvertently or advertly or whether or not you are inadvertently or on purpose being racist or being homophobic or being misogynistic like that that stuff can get you canceled and also anything dealing with sexual assault or rape can definitely and should get you canceled so again i say literally anything but the seriousness should have the most deep um impact of of it i'm sorry again my rabbit is freaking chewing on paint and i'm about to put him in his cage hold on Whew, okay sorry guys i'm back um so yes there is a severity of the crimes if you will quite literally and figuratively that yes should get you canceled so how does one actually become canceled like I said before, usually fans will kind of gather together on social media, whether again, it's Twitter or Instagram or Snapchat or whatever the case is, TikTok, which will be discussed at a later date. <laughs> and they will use a hashtag that will say so-and-so is over or 
somebody gets canceled or something along those lines as to actually cancel the person that they're talking about. So again, if you go on Twitter right now, there's some TikTok personality, and I guess that's what they're called, that or YouTube personality that's canceled or that's over. So it's like the so-and-so was over party. And sometimes it's, there was a time where it was Bieber because there was an alleged sexual assault that happened in 2014 in which he was trying to defend himself by posting pictures of him and Selena Gomez. And I'm just like, first of all, you're married to someone else. And second of all, leave Selena alone. It was very odd. So far, I haven't heard any developments about it. But again, that's when like Bieber was canceled was was that came out and some other people that we knew or that they know because I don't know anyone uh, that came out of the Twitter uh, of the Twitter canceling, if you will. But again, the serious ones that impact people rightfully do come out and make results. Mute R. Kelly was or is a nationwide grassroots campaign that called for him to have his career ended because there was 25 years at the time of history of him sexually assaulting young girls and nothing was done about it. If you have seen the docuseries Surviving R. Kelly, there's a lot of heavy, disturbing, but like legit information about all of the crimes he's committed um, against young girls. And I'm, you know, 14 to, to 17 years old. And for some reason, he was still able to have a career after this was happening. And I'm talking about, you know, like the late Aaliyah, when she was 15, she was allegedly uh, forced to marry R. Kelly when she was 15. And he was definitely damn near and a, a damn near or damn adult age. Uh, so all of this has happened, even though he was still able to have a career. And then this grassroots campaign came about and saying to stop streaming him on platforms, called for radio boycott, which again, hits, hits pockets. They were protesting outside of the concert venues he was at. It did a lot of things to hurt his career and hurt his image. And finally, he had to start facing consequences. And I really do believe it was because of this hashtag, it was because of all of this picking up steam that made things happen. It made the documentary happen. It made the district of the district attorney of Chicago, Kim Fox, finally bring some charges against R. Kelly. He's now sitting in prison awaiting trial, or I believe, ooh, I have to, let me look that up. But at one point he was out on bond, but then he got back, he had to go back to jail or he had to go back to jail. Yeah. So he is, I mean, his career is, hopefully his career is done, done. Hopefully no one is trying to hire him to be on a soundtrack or anything else, but the music career is very weird and predatory in and on its right. So who knows what can happen? But I will say that campaigns like that to fight against sexual predators and uh, abusers can and should halt someone's career. YouTube star Shane Dawson on Sunday, I believe, of this week, is finally, again, being called to answer for all of the crap that he's done. He's on the chopping block 
for getting canceled because people are finding out that him and another makeup guru, and I say that in quotes, Jeffree Star, have been basically blackmailing other YouTubers so that they can get their morph cosmetics out and become like the kings of YouTube. Now, Shane Dawson has been labeled the king of uh, the king of YouTube for quite a while, but he has also been very controversial. He's always been someone that's pushed the envelope really far in his videos and his pranks and his jokes. He has said racist things on video. He has mimicked pedophilia, um, even to a poster of Willow Smith, who was 11 at the time. It was a Disney photo of her and he, you know, was gross with it. And it, this started when he thought, I guess he deleted enough things, but these videos started to come out again and it started to, um, be passed around on Twitter and people were like, wait a minute, you, you know, you want to sit here and say this or that about somebody else, but what about when you did all of these things? And the crazier part is, or the best part of all of this is the Smith family came out and spoke against Sean Dawson, uh, Shane Dawson, because he was trying to say that all of his racist, sexual, misogynistic, pedophilia type of jokes was because he had a triggering childhood. Um, hi, I've also had a triggering childhood and I will tell you that it has not made me say anything even half as bad as you've seen it, as you've said it. It doesn't make me a habitual liar. It doesn't make me, and it doesn't make a lot of people. So you're just trying to make excuses and think like, we're going to just have the sympathy for you because, oh, poor boy had a bad childhood and that's why he's a terrible adult. Like, shut up. You're just a terrible human who can't take accountability for your actions. And keep that note in there because we're going hit to that, hit that in a moment. So Shane Dawson and Jeffree Star both collaborated together to get another beauty guru, James Charles, basically to go down in flames and to end his career. Because James Charles came on the scene almost overnight. Like he was young, he was about 17 years old. He um, got his CoverGirl, he, he was a spokesperson for CoverGirl and then he's been able to grow his channel and really just kind of grow at an exponential rate. And that was threatening to Shane Dawson, the king of YouTube. So they wanted to take him down. In that, they made up allegations and lies saying that he was doing some inappropriate things to young boys or young men and got another YouTuber named Tati. <laughs> I only know all of this, guys, because I watched the video today. <laughs> But got another YouTube video, Tati, to be involved um, when she did her recording last year of a video called Bye Sister, which is was a thing that James and, and Tati, Tati said to each other at one point. Uh, they said, hey, sister. And it's just, it's a mess. So Tati has released an episode, um, a YouTube video explaining like how her year has been since all of that's happened. She has apologize to James Charles about a lot of the stuff that was said because it ended up not being true and he, James Charles had receipts that it wasn't true. Um, and so they've patched things up, they've talked, they compared notes and realized that there are these two guys uh, pitting people against each other and causing this drama. She apologized, she took responsibility for her actions. Um, 
because there was, of course, backlash against her when it came out that none of this stuff was true. James Charles has said he's staying out of it, which makes a lot of sense. Shane Dawson has started to cry and like lie. And then Jeffree Star said he's pulling himself out, which like you can't because you're part of it. So whatever. So yeah, that's a lot that's happening. (laughs) (laughs) in the YouTube world, YouTube community. Um, And back to Shane Dawson, though, he lost a lot of followers. And when I say a lot, he lost a million followers. He, his videos on YouTube have stopped being monetized, which, good. I don't know why they kept being monetized in the first place, but they stopped being monetized because it made YouTube look bad. It had nothing to do with the fact that it was him being punished for his actions he had a makeup collection with Jeffree Star and him and uh and that collection was both was removed from both Morph and Target and also a book and here's the thing too I had no idea Shane Dawson was a beauty guru I've only seen him in passing, like in terms of reading comments about how disgusting he is. So I've never really realized like, oh, you are, you know, you're this person, you're that person. I didn't know what category he fit into. All that again to say is he's starting to lose fans. He's starting to uh, lose people that supported him, that wanted to give him a chance at being a a decent human being because he allegedly had changed when it was all just kind of a PR move. YouTuber Sharita Gaskin from Sharita Explains It All eh, told Insider that she always knew that Dawson would eventually crash and burn, but he but didn't realize it was that fast. I don't know if I believe it was fast, quote unquote, because According to one of my friends, he's been trashed since MySpace. And do you know how long ago MySpace is? Like I said, if you remember MySpace, you probably need eye cream. Like, it's been a long time ago. So, but you know what? Rather you fall now than not fall at all, especially if you're a trash person. That's just my opinion. Um, his fall from grace was such a complete crash because he was able to get away with such despicable things for so long. Uh, Sharita also continued, he made his living being a bigot and a terrible person. Someone, Someone like him does whatever it takes to stay on top. And that's the thing that I definitely realized kind of in that jackass, um, time period when YouTube videos were kind of starting is that people were doing things just to like grab attention. And if you weren't doing these, these out of the box shocking things, then you weren't going to get paid. So does the fault lie in the person doing the disgusting things? Absolutely. The fault also lies within YouTube for even tolerating that type of thing anyway in the first place. So there is definitely more than one person who suffers and needs to suffer the consequences of those actions. And yeah, I fully believe that Shane Dawson deserves every little thing that he's getting because he's been a terrible trash person. But YouTube doesn't need to squeak by as if like, oh, they did something great. And yes, I go back to Vanderpump Rules because honestly, we're in a pandemic. I'm like, there's not a lot of consuming entertainment wise, but 
you know, yay, they got rid of people that had racist tweets or did like a racist thing, but then you waited so long when that situation happened two years ago and you still have Jax Taylor on the show who's been a bajillion times worse, who's been homophobic and biphobic and misogynistic and transphobic and threatening and racist. And like, you've just been a completely terrible person, anti-Semitic, like the, the list goes on and yet he's still on the show. So that's weird. So Bravo, no, you don't get a pat on the back because you let go of four racist people. You don't get a pat on the back, YouTube, for finally demonetizing Shane Dawson after you gave him a platform and the ability to buy a million dollar home. We have to have and we have to hold these platforms and these networks accountable because it should never go that far. You, the fact, and I want to go back to this really quick, the fact that you insinuated any kind of behavior with a super minor, I mean, a minor is a minor, but like an 11 year old, and you were still able to have a career after that? YouTube still paid you for that? That is disgusting. That's disgusting. And there's really no apology in my mind that can have you, that can redeem you from that. Like how, how dare you? You're a grown-up. Ugh. Okay. So, does canceling work? I say all of this stuff. But I want to know, does canceling actually work? And some of you may ask the same thing. Some say not really. So, actress Jamila Jamil stated, the thing that we are sometimes searching for in our society is moral purity, and we are just never going to find that. All you can find is progress and not perfection. And so that's what we should all be striving towards. 10 years ago, Jamil says this, 10 years ago, I was problematic in my thinking and there was there were loads of things I didn't know and didn't understand. And I thought I was right about. Had I been canceled at that time, I would never have gone on to become someone who spends all of their life fighting for women's rights and the rights of people who are marginalized and who is now being able to get Instagram and Facebook to change their global policy to protect young people. Okay, <laughs> this is loaded. So let's break this down. I do believe that cancel culture can be so harsh in that you looked up somebody's tweets from 12 years ago and they said this problematic thing, but that person that you looked up has definitely changed who they were. And I use myself, I'll use myself as an example. There were a lot of things I was ignorant about. I was ignorant about abortion. <laughs> I was ignorant about you know, the LGBTQ community and maybe not so much as to say it was a hate crime or it was this or that, but I know I personally have gone through, like, I was battling being a good Christian, quote unquote, and trying to have this huge amount of empathy because I didn't understand the idea that being a homosexual was, was a choice, like the church would say, and understanding the struggles that the LGBT community go through and then I tried to make justifications about, well, maybe this is why, and it didn't make sense. I was trying to balance out two wor worlds and trying to make homophobia not homophobia. And 
I just kind of got to the point where I was like, no, I can't do this. And because of people reaching out to me and saying, hey, Clarissa, like, listen, that's a homophobic thought and that's problematic because, and I took that and I said, I'm sorry. And the thing that I always say is that being sorry is an action, not a word. So if you're sorry about something, you can say it. You can say you apologize, that you own up to something, etc. But then you have to do the work. And the work does not take two weeks to do. It doesn't take three weeks to do. And then you're good and you're done and you're whole and you're new. Because there's always something else to find out about the thing you were problematic about. And that's okay because we're human beings and we're always, always, always going to be learning. And we're going to be doing more than our fair share of uh, finding out information, but that's good because hopefully that's molding us to always be a better person than we were the day before. So I do understand what she's saying and that we're trying to reach this, this idea that everybody is just perfect about every single thing. And you're just not because we're all human and we make mistakes. And I do understand where she talks about the 10 years ago. I'm not going to go back into that again because I just shared it. I'm glad that I... I mean, I'm not a big enough celebrity. I'm not even a big enough person to be considered canceled. Um, So I don't think anyone would care. (laughs) But at the same time, I would never want my friends that I have met after I've grown as a person to read anything that I've said or done when I was in college, not because it was just the worst thing it could be. I was never a violent, threatening person, but it was not the best thing to say was a very um problematic again thing to mention and i would hope that if anybody got a hold of that and they saw me now and they they heard me speak they would say oh i it's two different clarissas like i would hope they would know that i have grown from that thought but who's to say everybody takes what they read differently and yes, she's great and, and fighting for marginalized people and blah, 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 blah. Okay, I get that. But I also believe that some things are not cancel culture. I believe some things are responsibility for your actions, right? So being fired from a show, excuse me, being fired from a show is not being canceled. I mean, I guess you kind of are canceled, but it's not being canceled. Those are the consequences of your actions right? Losing support of people who once supported you, but then you, they found out you did a messed up thing. Those are consequences of your actions. You can still learn just because you're fired. Doesn't mean you can't learn just because you're, you know, some people stop supporting you. Doesn't mean you can't learn. Let people kind of have their moment in dealing with whatever it is that you have done and react. As long as it's, of course, not violent or threatening or, you know, you're not doxing anyone. But if somebody doesn't want to stream your your album for a year or two because they're mad at the messed up thing you did, then that's their thing. And that's okay. If people decide they don't want to read your books anymore and they are going to sell it to like sell it on Amazon or eBay or burn them, which I don't believe in burning books, most books, um, then that's fine. Let them have that reaction because, again, it's a consequence of your actions. But I do believe that if you are showing that you're trying to change and you're trying to be a better person, then by all means, keep working on it. And don't work on it to try to get your fans back. Don't work on it to try to get the people 
that left you back. Work on it because you realize that you made a mistake and it's time for you to grow up and be a better person. Um, so, does it work? Eh, but it can work. It can work if you really, really, really make it work. So I say this again, and I said it throughout the podcast so far, that depending on the culture, or the culture, depending on the crime, uh, if you will, cancel culture can be effective. You can have somebody lose their job. You can have their livelihood changed. And again, I don't mean anything that's illegal, but in that you're not getting, the, you're not booking the jobs that you once easily booked, or you had a you had a sponsorship and then the sponsorship gets, you know, gets revoked or reversed or canceled. If you were going on tour to promote something and then they decide to cancel your tour, the promoters don't want to promote your stuff anymore. Like because you did something highly problematic and just downright terrible. Those are effects. Financial effects are like real effects. When your money stops, your livelihood stops. And that gets down to getting your basics taken care of. So some things that some people I've mentioned are Kelly and and Shane Dawson, but you also have like Harvey Weinstein. He finally, after all these years and rumors and people in Hollywood just kind of snickering about it, the Me Too movement, the Time's Up movement, uh, the Hollywood edition, if you will, finally got Harvey Weinstein convicted of the crimes that he was committing against these women. And he's in prison. And he's he has his name scrubbed from everything. And now when he appears in court, he looks like, oh God, look at him. He's just so fragile. He's going to break any moment. Like, dude, whatever. You deserve to be in prison for all the crimes that you committed. Bill Cosby is another one where... Yes, he had this reputation of being America's father. And I love The Cosby Show. I'm not going to lie to you. I love The Cosby Show and I love A Different World. And I've watched both since then. But it's so weird, especially with The Cosby Show. It's so weird because now I see Bill Cosby and I don't see Bill Cosby as Heathcliff. I see Bill Cosby as Bill Cosby in everything. But I love Felicia Rashad and I love Lisa Bonet and... So it's very hard because, again, it's the, it's that thing that I grew up in childhood um, when it came to when it comes to watching the show. And and it is a little hard to kind of break away from. And I know a lot of other people are like, look, I know Bill Cosby is a rapist. I'm not watching it because I love him or I support him. It literally is just that's a show that we've grown up with. But for the most part, like. Bill Cosby is in prison right now, and he deserves to be there for drugging the women and raping them and basically admitting to it and still not having consequences. He should have never, you look back in hindsight, he should have never had the career he had in the in the 80s and the 90s, but he did because he was allowed to get away with it because NBC gave him a platform to say, hey, here's the show. And he presented himself very well in front of the studio audience as being this as being this dad. And we fell for it. And that's not our fault. That's, that's another thing too I wanna put out there. Like if you were a huge fan of a problematic person before you found out they were problematic, that's not your fault. And I'm gonna go right into this one. Michael Jackson's another. Michael Jackson is a hard one for me as well because 
I grew up loving Michael Jackson. I knew nothing. My, I was four or five years old, right? So, and a lot of my friends were four or five years old. A lot of my friends were dancers. And we, if you were in a dance class, you danced to Paula Abdul, Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson. Like those were definitely the people you did routines to. And so they were part of our dance careers. They're the reason why we wanted to dance or wanted to be in music or whatever the case is. And so finding out certain things, I mean, my mom was not going to tell me at seven, eight years old, like Michael Jackson's da, 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 da. You know, like I think as millennials, if you were a nineties kid, certain things were more difficult to, it's weird that the people that we grew up with in the nineties, like have all these problematic behaviors and now we have to try to quote unquote, break up with them. Um, and it's harder when they're like a legendary person. I'm also being very biased and saying this is my opinion. For some people, it's not hard. Like some people are like, well, you're trash. Guess I got to delete all of your records. <laughs> and, and that's that's also fine. Like, I don't know what I would do if Mariah Carey turned out to be problematic. She's not. But I don't know what I would do because talk about someone that's allowed that that's made me love music she was the first cd i bought ever so or cassette tape that i bought ever which was music box so like what am i i wouldn't even know what to do i think i would genuinely be hurt and broken if mariah carey turned out to be this problematic person i use mariah carey because she's not a problematic person love her dearly uh kevin spacey is another one who got fired from house of cards after it finally got revealed that, or paid enough attention to anyway, that he was also sexually abusing young men. Um, I wanna say his name is Anthony Rappaport. I don't think that's his name. And I'm going to look this up right now <laughs> because I wanna make sure I get this young man's name correctly. Anthony Rapp, so it's kinda close, kinda close. Um, Anthony Rapp, who we know is Mark Cohen from the play musical Rent, also love, came out and talked about how Kevin Spacey was very inappropriate with him at a younger age. So, and, and finally people were listening. The Me Too movement really got a lot of people together. Um, <laughs> there may be some lesser known musicians that We'll never release another album again because they got kicked off of their record label and we all know that that's money. But we, uh, Kevin Spacey was definitely fired from House of Cards. Um, again, it was one of those things where it's like, well, finally, because this rumor's been going around for years. People have been reporting this for years. But it's that power that people have that, especially men in Hollywood, there's that power that people have that like, oh, we're just gonna sweep this under the rug or like, oh, we know, but like, we're, we're just not gonna do anything. Again, it's not just that person who of course committed the problematic behavior, it's those that are giving them a platform and continuously ignoring what's going on. Everybody is guilty of adding on to that person's problematic behavior. That's why being canceled is very, very difficult because some people will get canceled drop of a hat and some people just won't because again money and power speak so heavily uh, roseanne barr hers was a very 
heavy racist tirade that she had on Twitter made her be written out of the Roseanne reboot. Like (laughs) you got kicked off of a show that is your name. Like it's called Roseanne and nobody, oh, I think it's the Connors, but like it was the Roseanne reboot. And like, we all knew that. And now you're not even part of it. Like that's sex, but maybe don't be racist. And there's that. Roseanne is that example of she deserved what she got. She's also the example of there are a lot of people who have tweeted the exact same things or even worse, and they still have their job and they're men. So there's definitely this misogyny in how like people get canceled and and who don't. There is kind of a race thing of people being canceled versus like or how easy people can be canceled versus not. It's a whole loaded, complicated situation. And now it's too early to tell, but we have JK Rowling who continuously chooses to be transphobic. Let me explain something that I've always kind of just concluded about gender identity and transgender, especially with transgender people. I may not understand it a hundred percent. Okay. Like I may not understand, like, and I, I, I do constantly ask questions. I'm like, when people say that they were kids and they just knew that they were trans, you know, they were transgender. I like to know like, well, what, what does that mean? One, because I'm curious, like I never thought about my gender because it was just assigned to me and that's just how I got comfortable and I identify with it. So I move on. But for somebody to be three or four years old and go, I don't feel right as the gender you assigned me. I feel better as this other gender. I want to know how, what, what makes you think that at four years old? So if somebody is willing to tell me like their experience in a way that I'm asking respectfully, that's good for me because I get to learn. But even before I got the answer, before I started to understand it a little bit more, I knew one thing. Transgender people are people. What I knew before that was, If somebody identifies as being male, they're a man or they're male. If somebody identifies as being female, they're a woman or they're female. Okay? Like, that's it. I don't need to understand anything else. It's really not that difficult to be respectful. If somebody goes by pronouns, if they go by they, it's okay that you don't understand it. It doesn't make, it may not like process normally to you because it's not something we've normally grown up with. But if their pronoun is they, then their pronoun is they, period. Like that's it, there's no argument. It's so much easier to respect someone and just address them by their proper, their proper, their appropriate pronoun, sorry, than it is for you to battle with them about how they identify because you see something different. It's not about you. It's about them. And it's a safety thing. And that's why it's a big issue because there's a lot of transphobic crimes, hate crimes that happen that get underreported or don't get reported at all. And then it can be justified in some states. It's like there is a trans, there's a transgender panic, I believe it's called just like it's the gay panic uh, that they have for certain people and or they have in certain states. That is a legal defense mechanism. 
So when you're transphobic, when you are saying things like transgender isn't real, then that is a problem because it contributes to the growing hatred of the trans the trans phobia or what the transgender community faces already when you are a large worldwide recognized author of one of the most popular books of our generation and you're saying something so hateful you have a massive influence and sometimes people will take that influence and they'll say you know okay, I agree with her, blah, 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 and then that's it. But some people will take that to heart and will take that next step. And that's why your words matter. That's why words have impact. And we'll talk about freedom of speech in a minute because, oh, I love giving, giving that little talk. And like I said before, screw you. <laughs> Just screw you, J.K. Rowling. Like, literally, screw you for trying to double down and your transphobia when people have tried to explain to you why that is dangerous and why that's a dangerous rhetoric. You are choosing to be stupid. So you're stupid. Now I wanna give a shout out to both Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson, the two, two of the three leading stars of Harry Potter because they have come out in support of the transgender community speaking against the words of basically, you know, the person that brought them into the limelight. They have publicly disagreed with uh, J.K. Rowling about her words against transgender people. And for me, honestly, it's been, it was great to see that. It was great for them not to take the neutral position and the neutral stance because it's, it could have happened. They could have tried to defend and say, well, I don't agree, but X, Y, and Z. Right. And I'm going to read the letter from the Trevor Project. It's a little long, but I think it's really good. Okay. I realize that certain press outlets will probably want to paint this as an infighting between J.K. Rowling and myself, but that is really not what this is about, nor is what's important right now. While Joe is unquestionably responsible for the course my life has taken as someone who has been honored to work with and continues to contribute to the Trevor Project for the last decade, and just as a human being, I feel compelled to say something at this moment. Transgender women are women. Any statement to the contrary erases the identity and the dignity of transgender people and goes against all advice given by professional healthcare associations who have far more expertise on this subject matter than either Joe or I. According to the Trevor Project, 78% of transgender and non-binary youth reported being the subject of discrimination due to their gender identity. It's clear that we need to do more to support the transgender and non-binary people, not invalidate their identities and not cause further harm. I am still learning how to be a better ally. So if you wanna join me in learning more about transgender and non-binary identities, check out the Trevor Project's Guide to Being an Ally to Transgender and Non-Binary Youth. It's an introductory introductory educational resource that covers a wide range of topics, including the differences between sex and gender, and shares best practices on how to support transgender and non-binary people. 
To all the people who now feel that their experience of the books has been tarnished or diminished, I am deeply sorry for the pain these comments have caused you. I really hope that you don't entirely lose what was valuable in these stories to you. If these books taught you that love is strongest, the strongest force in the universe, capable of overcoming anything, if they taught you that strength is found in diversity and that dogmatic ideas of pureness lead to the oppression of vulnerable groups, if you believe that a particular character is trans, non-binary, or gender fluid, or that they are gay or bisexual, if you found anything in these stories that resonated with you and helped you at any time in your life, then that is between you and the book that you read, and it is sacred. And in my opinion, nobody can touch that. It means to you what it means to you, and I hope these comments will not taint that too much. Love always, Dan. Now, there are definitely parts, <laughs> for the most part, I really loved what he said. I loved that this is his response. I... I am a little bit more scrappy, so I'd have been like, I don't know what the <laughs> what she's talking about. But this is definitely a love letter. And again, I think he was trying to be as diplomatic, but also very firm in what his belief is. So again, I applaud him for saying that. I applaud him for coming out and stepping out because, you know, it's true. And, and that's the thing, too, is when people that you held so high and we do this to celebrities and public figures all the time to people that you hold so high when they do something or say something so damaging it does hurt you and that's also why I'm not against public figures being quiet if they don't know what to say on certain issues but if I'm buying from you or if I'm supporting you I need you to talk about Black Lives Matter. And I need you to, and listen, tell me straight. If you don't support Black Lives Matter and you're an All Lives Matter person, that's fine. But I will never support you again because human rights to me is bigger than any bop that you've put out or any great movie that you put out or whatever show that you, you, you know, you're starring on. So that's, that's me. That's how I would, that's how I handle it personally. Um, but I do understand what he's saying in terms of, because the books are so magical and there are characters that you connect with and there's a bond that happens. And the, the one thing about art, and I can say this in general, the one thing about art that's so beautiful is that you kind of get lost into this world that's a make-believe, but it's a comfort because you might be going through some crap in real life but right now or at the moment that you crack open the book or watch the movie or turn on the show or listen to that song, you get kind of lost in it and you get to kind of escape your reality and go into this moment that makes you feel good. And so, again, I'm torn between I want people to speak out and I want people to shut up because I don't want people to ruin stuff for me. John Mayer, like he should have just been quiet and ate his food and played the guitar. And now it's just weird to like listen to all of his music and I loved his earlier stuff. And now with all of that, <laughs> um, cancel culture, again, the I'm sorry. So then asking how can cancel culture be effective? And saying uh, Catherine Squires, 
who is the author of The Post-Racial Mystique and a professor of communication studies at the University of Minnesota, told Vox in an email, I think it's clear that a cancel campaign is more effective if there is a significant embarrassment involved. I can't really, oh, Jesse Smollett is probably one, and I'm still a little iffy about like, was he telling the truth? Was he not telling the truth? What did he really mean? It's all very hard for me to like answer that question, but I also do not regret believing him because black gay people are the target of hate crimes. So like if a black gay person says they were a target of a hate crime, then I'm going to believe them. I'd rather believe them than not. And then it be true. If I believe them and then they were lying, well, then I can be mad at them for lying. Um, even if you look at like Johnny, the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard situation, I would rather have believed Amber Heard than not because I believe that violence against women is a lot higher than violence against men, but violence against men does happen and it is just as important to talk about and to speak on. However, not even however, period. Before knowing about anything that Amber Heard allegedly did, I just knew that Amber Heard said that Johnny Depp allegedly abused her. And so I believed her because why would someone lie about that? Right. But then as stuff started to come out and then legal things started to come out, you're just like, I can't believe you would lie about that because that does damage somebody's reputation. Now, Johnny Depp was fine in terms of his work. He got hired, but there's still that stigma of like, oh, Johnny Depp abused this person, you know? So that stigma doesn't go away. In terms of his like personal life, that's none of my business, but it's been an interesting read if you follow the cut and things like that. So is cancel culture though actually canceling? Here's my thing. Maybe it's not canceling at all. Maybe a lot of times it's not that people got canceled, it's suffering the consequences of your actions. It happens, you know? So, like I said before, Bill Cosby isn't canceled because he said something people didn't like. He's canceled because he destroyed women's lives by drugging them and then taking advantage of them unconsciously. The four cast members of Vanderpump Rules were fired for their racist actions. No one should be rewarded with a paycheck because you are a bigot because you do really hurtful, harmful things. So is it canceled? Mm. But maybe it's just suffering the consequences of your whole, of your actions. Because listen, consequences, your actions, whether good or bad, do have consequences. And I don't think that that's necessarily a, it doesn't always mean it's a bad thing. Like if I tell somebody that, I think that they are such a great person and that person hugs me as a response. My action was telling them something good. The consequence in this case is that they gave me a hug. Now, if I said something that was just malicious and a lie to them and then I get slugged in the face for it, 
<laughs> That's the consequence. Now, and people will talk about freedom of speech. Oh, freedom of speech. I have freedom of speech. This cancel culture is taking away our freedom of speech. No, 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 no. You have the right to say whatever you want to say. You do. You have the right to say it. Okay? You can say whatever you want. But you are not free from the consequences of what you say. So, okay, listen, freedom of speech, you got rights. But if you lose your job over what you said, that's you. That's why you got to think. People, you have to think. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, put that out there. Think about it, okay? Actually think about it. Sometimes that's why people, is it worth you saying it? I think you do that on social media. Is it worth you saying or tweeting the things that you want to tweet in that moment? And I know I've had to do a lot of thinking when it comes to that. Not because what I'm going to say is going to be a problematic thing in terms of, you know, it's, it's some kind of bigoted response. But is it really worth me cussing out the president or the VP of the United States because they said something stupid on how the how to handle the coronavirus and somebody that I want to work with sees that tweet and they decide that they don't want to work with me? That's a really terrible example because honestly, if you're defending those two, then I don't care. But, <laughs> but, but that's the, the point is, is that sometimes you have to pick and choose your battles. And so maybe you want to say something, but maybe you say it in a different way. And maybe it's not for, it's not for, for them. You're not trying to spare their failings, but maybe it's for you, right? So sometimes you may think something and I'm not telling you not to think it. I'm not telling you not to believe it. You have the right to believe what you want to believe. And I have the right to agree or not agree with you. But sometimes it doesn't need to be said publicly. And sometimes you just need to keep that at the, at the kitchen table with you and your friends who all think the same way. That's all I'm saying. That's, that's, that's basically what I'm saying. So here's, here's the problem. And again, I'm going to expand on, on what I said earlier. Sometimes the actions don't fall in the same category as like Shane Dawson, R. Kelly, um, or, or J.K. Rowling, right? So sometimes people, I'm not giving an excuse for racism, but I want to kind of give an example of how some people are unintentionally racist, even though your intent doesn't matter when there is an impact involved, right? So let me explain this. I remember the term gypsy being used all the time. We used it when talking about the hunchback of Notre Dame. We talked about, or Notre Dame, I'm probably saying that wrong. I remember talking about Esmeralda. I remember how beautiful she was. Like, I didn't take the term of that word to be anything negative because I remember seeing her and I remember seeing her like, her outfit and just her being so beautiful. So to me, I was just like, she's pretty. I remember liking the idea of being kind of this bohemian type of style, which is within that culture. I had no idea that it was tied to something so detrimental and so just incredibly racist. I had no idea that there was a whole genocide of Romney people, which is what... uh, their, their 
technically called, which is the, the correct name for, for some of those groups. Um, I had no idea they went through just as much agony and trouble as they did um, during World War II, during the Holocaust. It didn't cross my mind. And one, it's just something we never learned in school. We learned about Jews, and rightfully so. We learned about the Jewish people, and we know that other marginalized groups were were persecuted, but we didn't really get deep into which groups were persecuted. I think we could all assume that like black people were persecuted and like, you know, non-white people were persecuted, but I don't ever recall, and again, I don't say this because I'm trying to toot my own horn. I just say this to 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 give a concept. I was in advanced classes of history. So like I was in AP history, uh, world history, US and and government. We never talked about the raw new child people. We never talked about, you know, what happened during World War II in such intensity and complexity. And that's just because I think for a lot of reasons, there's a lot to uncover and a lot to unpack. So you'd have to take specialty courses. All of that to say is, it. I didn't know until years, 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 probably a decade later, that that was a terrible name. Plus, there is a show on TLC called My Big Fat Gypsy Wedding and My Big Fat American Gypsy Wedding. So why would you name a show after something horrifically racist, right? Okay. But TLC stands for Terrible Life Choices. So, I mean, (laughs) in hindsight, we should have all known. Um, again, we talk about, you know, we talked about Eskimo when we talked about renaming Eskimo pies. I've only heard it in the concept of Eskimo kisses. So, because I didn't, I don't eat Eskimo pies. But I have only heard it in such a positive way. So last year, two years ago, I found out it was racist. And I was like, hmm, okay, well, changing my mind. So here's the thing. This is why I say all of that. I say that because there are different situations. Right. And I say that because if you went back, say in 2025, you went back on somebody's timeline to 2016 and they had something about Eskimo. They is that right to call them racist because it's a slur that we know about now, but we didn't know about then. Do you see what I'm saying? And listen, that for me that's a no at one point we were all shitty people whether or not it was intentional we were all shitty people and i feel like if the person that you're wanting to cancel because they had retweeted something that was homophobic or they said something that was homophobic at the time if that person has learned now I don't think that's canceled. Now, I'm not saying they shouldn't take accountability because I believe a lot of people, and I'm going to quote about J.K. Rowling again in a minute, I believe a lot of people who don't like cancel culture don't like accountability. You need to be accountable for your actions. If you can explain, and saying that you were ignorant about something, I think can pass in most cases, especially if you there's a gap of what you believed then and what you believe now, right? If that doesn't make sense, 
I just keep you go back to my example of how I was trying to be a good Christian girl and trying to balance out worlds and just realizing that you can't you can't be pro LGBT and homophobic at the same time. Like it it just doesn't work. Um, again, and this part is also like my opinion. Unless the person who has is pretending to say that Black Lives Matter or to abolish ICE or whatever the case is, unless they are secretly coming out of a Klan meeting and they got caught, I think they should be accountable for their past actions. I think that they should have to explain. I, th- I think it's okay to explain. I think you should explain. And I think you should just, at that point... For me personally, I wouldn't say get defensive over that was the past and this is me now. Acknowledge that that was your past. Acknowledge that you're every day trying to do and be better and just keep working on being better. Because if you believe in the afterlife, we all have to be accountable for our actions in life, correct? Like we may have been a really crappy person 20 years ago, but then 20 years later, we decide that we're going to be a better person. We're going to do such great things if you a good movie to look on that about that by the way is american history x it's a very intense movie but a good movie um anyway edward norton is fantastic in it Uh, excuse me anyway all that to say is we should be held accountable for our actions right in the afterlife you'll be held accountable for your actions I always think to a certain point. I don't think I don't think it'll be as like, you remember when you were two and you like threw a toy? Why'd you do that? But <laughs> I think at the point when you know right from wrong, you know, yes, if again, if you believe in this, you will be asked to kind of talk about your wrongs. But I think it's how do you correct those wrongs that make you a better person in life? How do you say you're sorry? How do you... Um, how do you come back from it? And sometimes you just have to work forever. You're never going to have a full conclusion or a full, like, satisfactory, like, there's no done to it. And I think about Mark Wahlberg as well. Mark Wahlberg, I had no idea. Again, the whole thing with Mark Wahlberg, I was, I was little. I didn't really, I don't really care for him too much, but I didn't dislike him either. But I had no idea about, like, half the crimes that he committed that were intense, intense hate crimes. And then he wanted to have his record record cleared in like 2016, I believe. And then it got called up, it got brought back up again. How is it that somebody that has all these crazy records or have all these crazy things on their record able to have the career that he has? Because there are people who have done less and they don't have the career that he has. Now, has he changed? Maybe, but it is very, and maybe he has changed and maybe he is a better person and maybe he's no longer that kid that he was when he did the thing to the people that left them severely injured and, and permanently like physically damaged. Okay. But they still remember the messed up thing you did. You don't, you don't just let people... You can't tell people to forgive you. And this is kind of just a life thing. You can't tell people to forgive you. You have to accept whatever people, if, if people want to forgive you, then 
accept that and be thankful for that and be humbled by that. But if people don't want to forgive you, they don't have to. They can forgive you and not support you anymore. They can be like, that's cool. They're still not going to buy your stuff anymore. And that's a decision that they make. And so again, your actions have consequences and that's part of your, the consequence, right? You just have to deal. Um, so like I said before, saying sorry means nothing to me. Like you can say sorry for a bunch of things, but if you're not acting on that, sorry, then <laughs> what the heck is even the point of you saying it? So to cancel or not to cancel, that is the real question, but there are no real answers. <laughs> you know, the best thing to do is handle all of it with class and dignity. Don't argue about being canceled. Don't be, don't be uppity about being canceled. Just if you're canceled, you're canceled, boo. And it just is what it is. And just work. Philippa Sue, who is one third of the goddess trio of the Schuyler sisters from Hamilton, said it very, very well. Cancel culture. If you are canceled, but do not wish to be, you must work to earn back people's respect by owning up to the thing that canceled you in the first place, listening to others, educating yourself, and advocating on behalf of the people that you have offended or harmed. Boom. I mean, there's literally nothing else <laughs> to say on that note. That is summed up so well, so perfectly. Let's just move on to the next part. Petitioning to end cancel culture because you're about to get canceled or because you are canceled, just ain't it. J.K. Rowling and 150 other writers uh, signed a letter that was published in Harper's Magazine saying that they want to get rid of cancer culture because it embarks on their free speech. Your words hold power, people. And if you're using your words to hurt people or to mean people or undermine their existence, you deserve to be canceled. <laughs> you deserve to pay those consequences, whatever that is. What There is a writer, I'm sorry, there is a writer on the website called, I'm so sorry if I say this wrong, called Pagebutt. Oh my gosh, I should have asked her how to say the name. Um, but the writer, Kaylee Donaldson, wrote a really good piece about basically J.K. Rowling's response to uh, wanting to cancel cancel culture. Cancel cancel culture. Um, titled, Cancel Culture Doesn't Work the Way J.K. Rowling's or Harper's Magazine Thinks It Does. And she has a really good paragraph that, again, I am going to write that says... Um, I lost my place and I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, what Rowling and her cohorts see as cancel culture simply cannot operate in the manner they seem to think it will become capitalism's poison will allow, will never allow it to. Instead, what they fear is accountability. Hell, not even a real accountability, but the mere potential of it. They're worried that there are in... <laughs> impenetrable shields will be dented that the people who they depend upon to willingly swallow whatever bile they are offered will refuse and start to question the status quo 
they're all for free speech for themselves. The rest of the plebs can stay in their place. And mind you, she's a Scottish writer, so plebs is something I've never heard of. But she makes a really good point that you can't cancel cancel culture, whatever it is. I think it should be, I think we need to tighten it up a little bit. You know, I think we should say, okay, like, this is not cancelable. Let people learn. Okay, bye. You know, R. Kelly is bye. You know, Bill Cosby is bye. Um, Kevin Spacey, bye. Roseanne, bye. This entire administration, bye. Okay, like, please can we cancel them, all right? Because they are detrimental to people's livelihoods, right? They've impacted so negatively on people. But I do believe that if you made a mistake a few years ago and you're being called out on it, or you say something and you're just so completely blinded by how offensive that is, and somebody corrects you or they tell you, then take that in. Now, if you respond back in a way where it's like, don't tell me what to do, I'm perfect, look at all these things, then you're just making yourself look more terrible than you already do. So I do think we need to find a balance of what what needs to have people canceled. Again, if it's detrimental to people's lives, you're canceled. Versus like, you just did a messed up thing and you need to really take this time to learn. Now, again, that part is my opinion. Other people will say that we should be able to forgive everyone. I'm working on that. That's uh, not part of my spiritual practice right now. But, uh, you know, maybe it will one day. Maybe I'll say, you know what, I could forgive this person for doing this thing, but probably not. So I'm not even going to lie to myself on that. Um, so I want to know what you guys think about cancel culture. Uh, is it one way or another? Is it very like mixed in terms of, you know, what we think and how we believe and what we do with it? I don't know. I, I honestly wish I could just tell you like, this is the answer to cancel culture. This is how we uncancel somebody. I don't even know how to uncancel someone because I, if I'm done, I'm done, right? So that's it for today's episode. I am so sorry for the many interruptions of Buns. He had a birthday on Tuesday. He's now one and in rabbit land, that is an adult. So he's an adult now. And he's still cute as ever. He lets me rub his little head. His ears go all the way back. So I know that he's happy. Um, Honestly, like the best thing to ever do is to own a rabbit. (laughs) To own a pet rabbit during quarantine. Because um, I don't know what I would do. I'm, I'm trying to do my best and stay inside and, you know not socialize and I miss my friends and I miss my family and I miss hugs and yet I am trying to be responsible because it's not worth me getting sick and other people getting sick so uh because of my actions but anyway all that to say is I have one more episode up my sleeve maybe two dealing with a race and then I need to take a break because I have been promising a TikTok episode on this podcast and I really want to do it but the whole concept of TikTok you guys is so complex and so 
hard to just put in one episode that it's going to have to be a series itself. I'm going to bring on some TikTok experts to talk about it, um, why they use it, why they don't. I'm not talking about TikTok superstars. So there's no, I don't even know the, the people's names, but none of them will be on the show. I don't know them. I can't. I don't have enough money to pay them <laughs> to be on this podcast. So, because there are TikTok influencers. <laughs> so, excuse me. But yes, I do want to go into TikTok next and I need to do some research. I want to get some experts. I want to talk to some social media people to kind of get their opinions on it. And um, yeah, so I might have one more episode in me with this. I think I do. I kind of want to talk about how and why I start talking about race anyway. Um, This stuff is not easy to chat about as a black woman, as a person who is empathetic or a huge empath. And you would think as an empath, like this is easy to talk about, but I have this thing where, I mean, unless you're like, again, a clan member, it's hard for me to want to confront people on issues because I don't want to hurt people's feelings. And in a perfect world, I would be kind of a middle of the road. I've always said politically, I'd probably be more independent than I would be a Democrat, but I'm definitely not a Republican. I don't even think I'm a Democrat. I'm just more liberal and we have a two-party system that George Washington warned us about, which is in Hamilton. So that's something to, that's something to, to, you know, remember. And um, I'm sorry, I had to throw a paper towel at my rabbit because he likes to eat my baseboards. Um, yeah, so, so, you know, anyway, I'm a middle of the road type of person. I would absolutely love to just be like, hey, let's all discuss this peacefully and get both sides. But we're not at that point of both sides, okay? This is right or wrong. Like, that's it. There's only two things about this, the right side, the wrong side. And if you're choosing the right side, this is actually my left hand. But if you're choosing the right side, then let's go and let's let's do this together. You're choosing the wrong side, which is my right hand. Anyway, you're choosing the wrong side, then, you know, Think about your life. Oh, there's one more thing. I should have moved this to the beginning. We're going to talk about this in the end. So closing thoughts, because then I'm really done with this episode anyway. Um, There's been continuous pushes like forward to change the names and mascots of teams that are named after Native Americans um, or indigenous people, which is great. Washington Redskins as having a talk about changing their name uh, because for 40 years indigenous people have said hey calling saying that you're the Redskins is kind of offensive and for 40 years they've been like hey, what are you talking about I don't know Cleveland Indians are another group that another team that's looking at changing their name there are local schools that have like warriors or Indians or some kind of Native American indigenous people influence that are being petitioned to change the names of and change the mascots of said teams or schools or properties or whatever the case is. Here's what I've realized or what I've seen. If indigenous people say that it's offensive, it's offensive. I don't care if the organization gave you food and put money in your pocket. You don't need a mascot 
called the Indians for that to still happen. They could be called the Hornet Frogs. Is that a thing? But they can be called the Hornet Frogs. And they still did the same thing, just under a different mascot name. People's cultures are not a costume. Okay? Period. And that is something that they've been trying to say forever. As people have gone as Native Americans for for Halloween to, you know, geisha girls as Halloween costumes, whatever the case is. People have been saying that their costume is, their culture is not a costume for the longest time. And because of this social uprising, we have to start paying attention. And luckily people are now. It took a while. It took so long. But people are doing it. Here's the thing, because I'm seeing it with the Native American and Indigenous people who are saying, not with them, but with with things pertaining and like the mascots that pertain to their culture. Here's the deal. To all the non-Indigenous people who are trying to fight against the petitions, I don't care if you think you were so, so respectful of who they are and what they are in their culture. Maybe you were. Maybe you crafted the mascot to be as detailed and as strong and make it not so cartoony because you understand the the strength and the resilience of the indigenous people and their tribes. And that's great. And that's fantastic. And the artwork is beautiful. If they're saying, though, that it is offensive to them, it is offensive to them, period. Stop arguing with it. Stop saying, well, we try to show you respect because let's be real honest, when have, when have, when have European settlers ever shown respect to Native Americans? I mean, like, you know, think about the story of Thanksgiving, the real story, not the Charlie Brown story, okay? Like, think about the time we were like, think of Trail of Tears, okay? Think about the time that Native Americans weren't counted as citizens until 1920. Like, okay. So here's the thing, again, one more time. If indigenous people say it's disrespectful, if the Cherokee Nation is submitting a letter saying, hey, please change this because X, Y, and Z, change it. Just change it, just change, it's a mascot. I know it's an inconvenience to you because it messes with your like, memory and your whatever eh, who cares I don't care they don't care it doesn't matter they were here first okay this is their land this is their country okay it belongs to them I don't care what Ted Cruz has to say it belongs to them so this is what you do you respect them just just respect them at this point all you have to do is say I hear you. Your feelings don't matter after that. Say, I hear you. Work on being better. And I'm going to leave it at that. So next week, I'll see you here. If you're on YouTube watching this, thank you. And I'm trying to look into the camera more. So hopefully I did that. And I will talk with you guys soon. Have a great one. Be safe. Please, for the love of God, wear your mask, please. I don't want you to get sick. I don't want anyone you love to get sick. COVID is real. Just 
think of your nursing friends and your doctor friends. I love you guys. Talk to you soon.